two aspects of the question. He said, as, as I had said, we can only lie to someone or cheat someone, harm someone, if we feel separate from them. And so he said, well, taking the lie part of it, there's a se sense of separation if we lie, but what if we have to lie to get to truth? So what if, for example, I have to lie in order to be here in satsang? So there's two, two pieces. When we lie to someone, even if we do it for good reason, there absolutely is a sense of separation between you and that person. So whomever you're lying to, even if it is with great intention, even if it is necessary, nonetheless, in the moment that you are telling a lie, there is absolutely a sense in your mind and your experience that you are separate from that person. If I am in an experience of oneness with you, I can't lie to you. That's, that's part one. Piece two is really a question not about separation, but it's a question about, is it ever okay to do something that seems wrong, but that's in service of something that is right? So specifically with regard to speech, in the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna gave us a beautiful equation. The equation was that in order for speech to be dharmic speech, tapas of speech, it has to be three things. It has to be true, but it also has to be kind and beneficial. So if the truth is true, but it's hurtful to someone, and it's not beneficial to them. That is not considered dharmic speech. Now you raise the question of, well, what if it's not true? So what if it's kind and beneficial, but it's not true? This is an aspect of relationships that we are in. And the question, of course, becomes if in our relationships, we were speaking last night about people who theoretically love us, but who don't want to let us actually live as the truth of who we are. And the awareness that that isn't then a fullness of love. If there's really a fullness of love, I'm going to want you to experience and to unfold and to be the fullness and the truth of who you are. But of course, especially in families, families are made up of lots of humans. And unless your family happens to be made up of humans who are enlightened, you've got humans with agendas. You've got humans with good intentions, doing the best they can, navigating their own karmic package in the best way they know how, but with their own ignorance, with their own fears, with their own attachments, with their own egos. 
And that's what ends up keeping other people in the family stuck. Then it's, I need you to behave in the way I want you to behave, not actually because it's good for you, but because if you don't, I get upset. And I can't manage my own emotions. And so I need you to manage your behavior so I don't have to manage my emotions. And this is the way that most of our relationships work. And this is something as we embark on a spiritual path, each of us has to navigate for ourselves. Again, if you look back to the, the battlefield upon which the Gita was spoken, back to the, the story of the Mahabharat, well, we know there were, there were moments. There were moments in the war for Dharma where things were said, things were done, that if taken out of context, you'd say, oh, that was a lie. Or, oh, that was maybe not really a lie, but maybe not really the fullness of the truth. Oh, that was kind of not exactly the way the rule was supposed to be. But that we're in service of such a greater dharma. And this is something that each of us has to navigate for ourselves. But here's the issue, and here's where it's sticky. The ego is really dangerous because the ego, the minute that we allow ourselves the freedom of flexibility, the freedom to say, well, all right, if I know this is my truth, to be in satsang, to be in arti, to be on the banks of Ganga, to be meditating, If I really know that's my truth, what do I have to do? I mean, I'll tell you a personal story. When I, after I first moved to India, when I would go back to Los Angeles to visit my family, one of the things very, very important to my mother was always sleep. Lots of sleep, lots of hours of sleep since I was a kid. It was always make sure you get lots of sleep and I was always put to bed very, very early and okay. So she always worries to this day that I don't get enough sleep. So when I, when I first would go back to visit, of course, they saw me so infrequently, they wanted as much time from me as they could have. And I knew from the minute in the morning that I went out into the kitchen, to get some hot water. Well, the kitchen is near my mom's room and then it's, oh, good morning, honey, you know, how are you? And Well, for me, I have a morning practice of meditation. And so, yeah, I found myself not telling the truth. And I would, I would tell her, for example, an hour and a half after I actually had awoken and I had spent an hour and a half meditating in my room and I would come out of my room an hour and a half later going, mm, mm, morning mom. If 
right? Now in her mind, I had just gotten up. Great, she was so happy. I'd had a really good night's sleep. And in the night, about an hour before I really needed to go to bed, I said, oh, I'm so tired. I think I'm going to go to sleep. Oh, yeah, 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 go to sleep, go to sleep. She'd say, get a good night's sleep. So I'd go in, I'd have time to meditate. As the years went by, I no longer needed to, to do that. But in the beginning, it was necessary in order for me to get those hours to do my practice without her feeling like, oh my God, you've already moved thousands of miles away. Now you come back to visit. As it is, you already have so much work to do. So it's not like I could give all day long to them anyway. And now here are these hours that you're awake you're not working, but you're not with us. And rather than create that daily tension, it was so much easier to just say, I'm going to sleep. Or I slept in. But I was aware that this was not an ideal situation. And as the years have gone on, you, you change. And so what I would suggest to you is, Navigate it however you need to navigate it right now. But don't, don't allow yourself to think that this is any kind of a permanent solution. And be very wary of the ego that gives you the permission to break a rule because the ego will start to give you all sorts of reasons to break rules. Oh, it's okay to lie about this. It's okay to lie about that. It's okay this. It'll start to justify itself because the ego thinks you know the best. And so the ego will always give you a justification to take the easy way out. It'll always give you a justification to lie. Try not to take it. See where, where can you, through your truth, give people in your life, your family, the opportunity to step into a greater truth for them? It takes some courage. But to be able to say, mom, dad, or whoever it is that you need to lie to in order to be in satsang, this is important for me. Sitting here, I'm experiencing an aspect of me. I'm learning about me. I'm touching me. I'm evolving. I'm awakening. However you explain it. And that's, that's essential to me. Because if I don't know who I am, I don't know how to move through the world. then I'm just obedient. But I want to be more than obedient. I want to really be an awake, light-filled tool in the hands of God. But in order to do that, I have to clear away some of the stuff. I have to clear away some ego. I have to clear away some ignorance. I have to clear away, clear away a lot of stuff. 
give them an opportunity to step into a space that's bigger than the space that they're in. We also, the other last piece of this is, we underestimate the power actually of a lot of our loved ones a lot. We take a shortcut and an easy way out thinking they won't be able to handle it or just because we are conflict averse. But sometimes speaking the truth and holding it in a place of love and inviting others into that place of truth is very, very powerful and is exactly perhaps what that aspect of your dharma is. Because now for me, in such a beautiful way that the universe works, now, I mean not starting even now, starting years ago, my mom says, I want to learn to meditate. Teach me to meditate. Do you think, do you, think you, could, you could meditate with me? So, so you see how when people are given a little bit of space into which they can also expand. That's more than the space that they're used to living in. Not in every case, but in a lot of cases. If that space is opened with love, with truth, not with I'm better than you are. But just in your love, in your truth. If you can create that space for them. Who knows, maybe they'll join you in satsang. 